Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello, hello, and happy Friday. Uh, what a great conversation uh, hearing the updates from Rick Smith, and they'll be on Free Speech TV now and hearing uh, Joan and Rick catch up on all things labor. I, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited because we actually have a little bit of a schedule change here now, too. And coming up at 5.15, Paul, I'll send you the info for Matt McNeil. Uh, he's going to be joining us at 5.15. He's going to be our 9 o'clock host here. He's uh, the progressive talk show host out of KTNF 9.50 a.m., the station that we air on in the evenings. I'll be moving up to 9 p.m. on their station. So uh, very exciting to continue these, these conversations. I think he, he was asking for advice. Uh, we have to open up the phone lines because I don't know where we put uh, First Timer Friday now, Paul, because I, I feel like I've booked too much. Or maybe we do it at 5.30. I think we do it at, but then we only have 10 minutes because I, I have Merrill Miller from the Jefferson Park Sunday Market. I've got uh, Ben and Bob from Mez Foods. They have an alternative to chocolate uh, and it's uh, for those who may not be able to be tolerant of chocolate or looking for a chocolate replacement. We'll talk to them in a little bit because they'll be featured at this Sunday's Jefferson Park Sunday Market uh, at the annex of the Copernicus Center. So we'll talk to Merrill about that in a little bit. Uh, let's see, Matt McNeil. We have Leo Brady coming in to talk about movies at 6 o'clock. So let me see. I think I, we, we 773-763-9278. Uh, anytime in the next hour, I'm going to give you the whole hour. If, if I have in, in the middle of a conversation, uh, we'll, we, will, we will take your call as well. And uh, we have gift cards to give away from... Some pretty wonderful sponsors who've shared, uh, they've shared cards with us before, and I've had the pleasure of enjoying pretty much everything. Yeah, everything on the list. Yep, yep, yep. I'm sorry, I probably should tell you what those things are. We have gift cards from Gindo's Spice of Life Hot Sauce. You guys, I was uh, trying to clear out my refrigerator, and you know in the compartment, you have those compartments on the door of your fridge? I have one entire compartment that is just hot sauces. I have Gindo's, I have Tea Dogs, I have, oh, Spice Girls, who were also featured at one of the, uh, like the, the Northwest Side uh, Collaborative uh, Farmers Markets, and I I I, it's, I can't choose my favorite. It depends on what mood I'm in. And I'm not allowed, apparently, to open another bottle of hot sauce until I finish all the ones that are in that compartment. But there's always such great new flavors coming out, especially from our friends at Gindo's A Spice of Life Hot Sauce in St. Charles. Blau, Brown Sugar Bakery, which, by the way, she has created an empire. I know she's expanding. We're so super proud of our friends at Brown Sugar Bakery. Our friends at Crave Brothers Farm said cheese of Waterloo, Wisconsin, have sent us packages before. <laughs> I'm such a sucker for good cheese. Sam's Famous Salsa of Naperville. You know, they deliver fresh. This is the best fresh salsa you will find anywhere. Just, it's so good. Timeless Toys in Chicago. Of course, now a great time to pick up some unique items at Timeless Toys in Lincoln Square. A rollicking Buckaroo Pepper Jam and Seasoning Blends. Okay, for them, I had to. I, I also had to create a compartment. Um, I created a drawer just for my rollicking Buckaroo Pepper Jam and Seasoning Blends. So I'm excited to see them very soon as well. Ah, our friends at Hungry Monkey Baking Company, you know, they're available now in Jewel. So look look out for some Hungry Monkey Baking Company banana bread, I believe is what she has available in the stores now. And Uve Kitchen and Wine Bar in Chicago. Um, My friend Tom said uh, there was never a charcuterie board that Patty doesn't like, and that would be very accurate. I love charcuterie boards and especially with some good wine. 
And last but not least, I put my one of my uh, for few, very few uh, reviews of an item because I got a pair of boot tights that are so cute and so comfortable. And and they do also that little slimming part without being too, uh, I don't feel like claustrophobic in them. But there's like this, it's like that kind of classic, hor- uh, like kind of, a, it almost looks like, a, is it horse hound? I think that's the name of the, the design. But uh, And they have little little feet on them, boot, little booties so that you don't have to wear socks over your tights in order to comfortably wear your boots. That's why they're called boot tights. So you can go to boottights.com and order a pair, maybe send some as a gift. So those are some of the choices that we have, some of the available gift cards we have. So call 773-763-9278. It's First Timer Friday. If you've never called, maybe you haven't had a chance or uh, you're not sure what to say, we would love to hear from you and give you a gift card to one of the wonderful uh, sponsors that we have of Driving at Home with Patty Vasquez. Interesting day of news. If you want to call and talk about the news, I uh, would love to hear from you as well. We have uh, a lot going on. Uh, let's see. Locally, uh, the Ed Burke trial continues. And there is a little bit of a, I think, I don't know if it's, kerfuffle is not a good enough word for what's happening uh, in regards to the um, temporary housing for migrants. This is something I'm, I'm, uh, I'm struggling with because I get that, you know, there was there was an entire situation that was in place. Uh, we were struggling with how to manage incoming busloads of people coming from the border. Uh, and I know, look, every time a, a newly elected person is in office and they see uh, how many problems they have, how many fires they have to put out, they're like, oh, I inherited this problem. The, the thing I have about that, and I don't know why it just seems more glaringly true right now, is that these issues, these uh, problems, these fires were all there when they were running for office. So we can't, six months in, and now we're being told that if you want to know about how safe the air, the ground is, where they're going to put up the tent, the temporary tent housing, because that's a concern that a lot of people have been raising is that, is the soil clean? Because not clean, but safe. Uh, now the mayor's, I, I believe the mayor's office is saying you have to FOIA that, which I would think that I would want to know. Uh, I would want to know, is it safe? I don't know why I have to FOIA that. It's a, it seems like a yes or no question. Maybe they, if you want to know the exact details. Um, is this a first-time caller? Mike is calling from uh, I-90. Hey, Mike, what's up? Hey, Patty. Thanks for doing the first-time caller stuff. This is awesome. Absolutely. Uh, I listen all the time. Oh, how <laughs> wonderful. Is your first time calling? Yes, and I love your show. Oh. Listen every night. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Where, 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 where do you, whereabouts do you live, my friend? Oh, I'm in Homer Glen. Homer Glen. All right. So, you, are you coming home yeah. from work, or what are you up to today? Yeah, so I'm on my nightly commute. You're your and, night. uh, Yep. Are you getting still, on 955 right now? Are you still able <laughs> to hear the show on your radio, or do you listen through an app? Oh, I listen on the radio. Excellent. Oh, good. So you can still hear us. I love that. And you want yeah. you want to talk about third party voters are going to help Trump? Yes, you had a guy on, uh, I think it was Wednesday, who was talking about, uh, it's just a, a saying that we've had for a long time, that a vote for the third party is a vote for the enemy. And this frustrates me a lot, because it's literally not how math works. If I vote for Jill Stein, Donald Trump doesn't get a tick mark in his box, it, but it may harm Joe Biden's chances. Right. I'd almost want us to change the rhetoric, and let's say, you know, voting for a third party could harm the the better candidate, but it doesn't give a vote to the opposition. Right. right. And, and on top of it, we don't hear 
conservatives ever say things like, oh, a vote for Gary Johnson in 2016 was a vote for Hillary Clinton. Uh, They don't necessarily think about that on their side like that. Uh, I think it's really just um, it's a mistake on our part to say this because it's not true. It's not how math works. It's not how voting works. Uh, So if we could maybe rephrase that saying to just say, well, you know, a vote for a third party harms the chances of Joe Biden getting in or, you know, rephrase it in a way that makes more sense so we don't sound foolish. Because it's literally not how math works. It's not how the voting system works. Yeah, right. I think that they're saying it kind of like a vote. So you're saying when, when people say a vote for a third party candidate is a vote for Trump, uh, it, meaning that if they if they would just vote, you know, we, we want to encourage folks to vote for Biden so he has the strongest chance possible to beat Trump is what you're saying. To encourage right. them to vote, vote if, for Biden. And, and kind of imagine right. that you're, you're – the way I've been – I'm with you. I'm trying to figure out what that language is because I'm trying to figure out, you know, do we say it's a vote for democracy or the loss of democracy? You know, Biden continues democracy. Our republic is threatened if, if he loses. That's the way I look at right, it. Right. Correct. Yeah. But what, the way we say it, though, sounds like if, if I vote for Jill Stein, how does Donald Trump get a vote? It doesn't make sense. He doesn't it, get the that's vote. That's not how it works. It's just that Biden gets less <laughs> votes is all. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So maybe we need to think about it differently the way we say this so that it actually makes sense, because I think it turns certain people off. I mean, this saying has turned me off for probably 20 years. I get very frustrated when I hear it because it's just simply not true. And I think what, what people also get frustrated with is they want to be able to have they want to move beyond the two party system. The reality is we're not there. And I don't know that I don't know when we'll be there. And I think a lot of it has to do with special interests. I think ranked choice voting would help us, uh, you know, feel like, look, if you want to vote for whoever, if you want to vote for Jill Stein or Gary Johnson in the past, uh, then you, you can. And then what's your second choice so that we can all get to a place where at least you don't feel like you're throwing your vote away? Yes, ranked voting would be amazing. I'd yep. love it if we did that. I agree. Well, it's great to hear from you, Mike. I wish you safe travels. A hold on the line so Paul can get your information, and congratulations on winning a gift card for First Timer Friday. All right. Thank you so much, Patty. Thank you. Thank you. Stand by. And Michelle is calling from Oak Forest. Michelle, it's your first time calling in? Hi. It is. Hey, hi. Hi. And we have a great gift card. I don't know which one it's going to be, but it's going to be one of these great companies, small businesses in the Chicagoland area. Where'd you grow up, my friend? I'm going to tell you about what I care about. I'm a teacher. I've been teaching for 30 years, work with uh, lots of challenges in the Chicago area. We know that we face all these challenges. And about three years ago, I started doing volunteer work inside Cook County Jail, and then I started moving into other prisons. And what I discovered, so I wanted to use my teacher talent to just help people with reading. That's how I got started. And then what I ended up discovering is that the conditions here in Illinois and in the Midwest in our prisons, they're really, really, really quite deplorable. And I see that we are focusing our energies on punishment rather than being restorative and helping people to rehabilitate and second chances. And especially I'm concerned because I'm a high school teacher. I'm always concerned with teenagers who get into trouble. And I always want to not throw away the key on young people. 
So um, that's a little bit about me. I'm a volunteer. I do all the prison work that I do free of charge. I don't charge. It's just my passion. And um, I'm, I guess like you could say a humanitarian, but that's what teachers are anyway. So that's a little about me, Patty. That's extraordinary. And you're so right. As you were talking, I was I was thinking about how I, I get the feeling that so many people would just rather just toss these people aside and not give them a second thought rather than treating them like they're human beings in the way you are and trying to uplift them, give them opportunities and, and you know, know that they have a future. And that's so incredibly important. Thank you for what you do. I really am so I'm in awe. Thank you, Michelle. I love that energy. I look forward to hearing from you again, okay? Uh, Okay. Okay. My pleasure. Stand by and Paul's going to grab your information, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Have a great weekend. And when we come back, we're going to check in with one of our new voices here at WCPT. When we come back, we're going to talk to Matt McNeil, who's going to be starting here on Monday in the evenings. More in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. So excited to welcome Matt McNeil from KTNF 950 AM in Minneapolis-St. Paul. He'll be joining us here starting Monday night at 9 o'clock. Matt, I feel like I just talked to you. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing very well, and I'm super excited about joining the lineup. At 9 o'clock here. This is going to be so much fun. And, I, and you told me earlier that you're coming to Chicago. So as, as you were saying that, I'm like, I have to figure out where to take them. Uh, I know you'll be visiting the station, so I've got some great restaurants lined up nearby, As by, uh, by the way. You have to have a hot dog from Superdog. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in your hands. I mean, one of the things you'll find about is I talk a lot about politics. But I really could give it all up tomorrow and just talk about food because I love food. <laughs> let's, let's talk about the pizza. Let's talk about the uh, anything anything you want to as long as I can dine on it. I'm I'm with you. Yeah, I I agree. Now, do you like our pizza? See, the thing about our pizza is people always you know outside of the city think of that deep dish gooey stuff that some people call what was what did John Stewart call it? A, a man cover a manhole cover? It, it looks like a it looks like a pizza casserole. We actually like tavern cut thin crust pizza is our, our usual neighborhood pizza. Is that Paul going to join him? Hold on a second. Paul Shavari? Tomato our, soup in a bread bowl. Is that what he said? Tomato soup in a bread bowl. <laughs> <laughs> our real pizzas are the good neighborhood joints. You know, like over here, Papa Joe's, I love oh, yeah. that. Yeah, that's the, the, the tavern. What I mean, what's the popular pizza in Minnesota? Do you guys like the, the New York style triangle cut or are you more of a tavern cut or deep dish? Well, we've kind of gone crazy here because the, of course the Detroit guys came in with their cut, and as a matter of fact, uh, one of the guys in town won best pizza in the country on Good Morning America not that long ago. But there's an Argentinian place that makes a pizza here that's insane. It is so good, and it's like I never would have guessed Argentina. Okay, I'm on board, and so I, yeah, I, I, I'm cool with it because I think that there are so many different varieties of it that it's it's hard to kind of just put them all into one category. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I And the other one is a De- Detroit style. That's a kind of like thick, square, rectangular pan pizza. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah, Jets. Jets pizza is the one that's kind of popular in Chicago. But uh, and here's the thing. As it gets colder, I, I'll be honest, I eat so much more. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? i <laughs> got to put my, my winter weight on, you know? <laughs> By the way, we... Oh, I, 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 I was going to just—I was just going to say, no, you're right in the season now. I, I think my daily Christmas cookie intake is now up to eight or nine. You know, so I'm—I'm I'm building up that nice thick fat layer, so I'll be all set to go for the. 
the colder months. Oh yeah. Well, well I was gonna, I was going to ask you. I don't know. Does Minneapolis St. Paul? So no. Are you in Minneapolis or St. Paul? Obviously, two different municipalities. Where do you live? I'm on the Minneapolis side. I'm on the west suburbs. Okay. So in your in your suburb, do they have like? Uh, is there a winter parking ban? Because everyone in Chicago has to be reminded every December first, we have these signs. You will oh. be you'll be towed on certain streets if you're parking between December first and April first, or two inches of snow. And my husband's like, that sounds like it disqualifies it. Like if there's no snow, no, no, no. There could be snow before December first and after April first, but definitely don't park there between those months. <laughs> In Minneapolis-St. Paul, there's a reason why we have to have an educated populace up here. Because for some godforsaken reason, Minneapolis and St. Paul have different parking regulations in winter. And so you have to know, it's just a nightmare. And I know... There is a cottage industry of tow trucks in this town yep. that is just so eager. They they have no problem getting through the snow. I'll just say that. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it is it is complicated. It depends on where you're at. I, I'm lucky enough to where we don't have it so bad on our street. But, yeah, if you're in, in Minneapolis, the St. Paul proper, and they, they give you the wrong – you're on the wrong street, I don't – I think they take your car and put it in Des Moines. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> it's not great. Ours goes to the uh, lower level of Dante's Ring of Ring of Hell. Uh, there's a there's several. If you've ever seen The Dark Knight and you see that when he's like in that sort of under the street level underground, that's uh, like yeah. lower whacker. And there's more levels beneath that, and that's where one of our tow yards is, and it's it's horrifying. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Wisconsin. Yeah. Anyway. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Wow. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, Wisconsin. We. I. I. am glad that Dan Schaefer's not on with us because I always tease him about Wisconsin. Uh, but hey, they're uh-huh. they're in the middle of us. They they have a lot going on, and there's a lot on the line over the next uh, over the next twenty uh, next twelve months. Um, what for you know when you talk to folks, what what are their priorities? You know, we talked a little bit a little while ago uh, about the economy and how many great things President. Biden has been successful with. What do you hear from your callers yeah. about their, what they're worried about? It's fear. It is it is plain straight fear. They hear Trump and the Republicans talk about rounding people up, making people illegal, taking away more rights with giddy and glee. And I think it's resonating now that, they, that people realize there is a clown car of crazy on the far right right now that does not mind devolving into a fascism state as long as they can stay in power. And I think that's the thing I hear most of all is, will they take, if they get back in charge, will they take away more women's rights? Will they take away birth control? Will they start regulating sex you have in your own private residence? Will they start making the LGBTQ community and the transgender community, will they make them illegal? It's fear. And, I, you know, it's, it's a sad state that that's where we're at. But I will say this, this is one of the reasons why I think the left has been much more motivated is they're seeing what is on the line. Absolutely. And and I, I think that uh, you had a really good point about making sure that every every seat is challenged, especially the, yep. the you know, any people show up for presidential elections. We've seen some some great successes in the off year elections, but now everything is on the line and we have to make sure that people are showing up. And, and now but now we have, you know, sort of this energy uh, we have to maintain that energy and hopefully things line up when it comes to the economy, what's going on globally. But we can't count on that, you know, and now and I don't know if you heard one of our callers talking about third party candidates. What are folks thinking about, you know, whether it's Jill Stein or Cornell West and uh, RFK Jr.? 
Well, and, and I and I think it's, you know, one quick thing about the, the vote turnout. Thank God for Generation Z, because yeah. that's finally the young generation that's showing up to the polls. God bless you. You're going to save this country. That being said, I, I, this is what I, I've got. A, I've got a 19-year-old daughter who is a political science major up at University of Minnesota Duluth. And I, and I talk with her, and she's like, I'm, I'm going to talk about vote, voting for a third party. I said, you know what? I can look at the system, and I can see the flaws in it. I can see that it's just kind of sucky that we have just two choices, and that's not the best for anyone. But the reality is this. you got two choices in 2024. That's it. Two choices. It's either Joe Biden, and if you don't vote for Joe Biden, no matter if you don't vote, you vote for Bill Stein, you vote for someone else. If you don't vote for Joe Biden, it's basically helping Donald Trump. Because his voters, even though they'll sit there and say, well, I'm not for an insurrection, and I'm not for basically rounding people up, and I don't like criminals, they're all going to vote for him. Yeah, That is not a debate. That is not a question. They're all going to vote for him. So what you have to do is this. I get it. You want to work on a third party? That's not something that's going to happen tomorrow. It's something It's a long-term game plan. Go on out there. Start a grassroots movement. Go, go all my best. But when it comes to 2024, there is two choices, and you're either on Team Biden or Team Trump. And even any vote that's not for Biden is basically going to help Trump. So that's it, it, I can understand the frustration of only having two choices. But you're not going to fix that before 2024. I, I, that's absolutely right. In the next year, uh, everything is on the line. And uh, and we have to do whatever it is we can do. Keep keep having these conversations. Encourage people to get involved. You know, we try to have uh, as many uh, chats with people from other states that need help, whether it's Missouri or, you know, we've been talking to people from North Carolina. We, I, I don't know if you've seen a video of this kid, Eric Willoughby, who uh, who testified at in front of a, his state legislature. He moved from Chicago. And he was like, look, I'm 17. I should be in school. I shouldn't be out here fighting for women's autonomy. Uh, and, and I mean, you're right. You know, the young people are getting fired up and, and because they have been in the, literally in the crosshairs of so many things that Republicans, you know, and in particular when it comes to gun violence, uh, you know, and I'm so tired of, of it, uh, you know, being something that, oh, they're coming to take our guns and you don't believe in our freedoms when everything that they stand for is whittling away at our freedoms. So, think? No, well, I absolutely do. You can't look, take gun violence. No, the founding fathers did not want mass school shootings. They did not want Las Vegas. They didn't want the the nightclubs. They did not want churches being gun, you know, basically being shooting galleries. They didn't. They wanted, they, they basically, that is just, it's ludicrous, this argument that, that no longer do you have a right to not have a loaded gun jammed in your face. That is a psychopath mentality. And the reality is, is the people who are on the front line of these shootings, tragically, mostly in schools, are the ones who are saying enough. And I yep. think that that is, I mean, it's, it's this is a group, I've, I've got, uh, I've got three generations years in my, uh, my three kids, and they all basically, you know, they, they just don't understand. Why are they discriminating against the gay community? Why are women's rights being taken away? They just don't understand it. And the mentality is, well, we need to go fix that. And so they are, which is great. I, I'm, I'm all 100% on board. And it's one of the reasons why you're seeing Republicans desperately try to figure out some way that they can get the Generation Z and the late millennial vote negated, whether that's trying to change voting age or yep. make it more difficult to vote on colleges. That is, that is, they, they see this, this cab coming. And not only is that happening, but their most reliable voters, the baby boomers, there are unfortunately dying off because they're just they're getting old 
And so they're losing their base while they're seeing this brand new base who cannot stand Republicans come up in the line. And yeah, it, it, it's scary. I think this is why they're embracing this fascist tone is because they can see that the system that they've rigged to maintain power as a minority is it's, it's at its limits and they're not going to be able to do it anymore because they're just so they have to basically just overthrow the government and install themselves into power. Absolutely. And and uh, and so much of what they've done and, and to your point about young people is this attack on you know, these uh, you know whether it's identity or culture wars and, and you mentioned you know wanting to control who you love. Uh, I don't know if you saw this photo of Dave Chappelle with Lauren Bobert and one of her aides or something. Did you see that she posted this? He was uh, No, I didn't. Oh my god, he had a show in DC last night and he apparently knows some some uh, folks he grew up with that work in the Capitol. So he wanted to stop by and, and walk around a bit. And she saw him. And you can see in the video before he poses with her, like he was kind of like, ah, you know, all right, fine. Uh, but she posted it and it said, hey, three people who believe there's only two genders. And, you know, he's like, oh, she tricked me. And I, you know, I wouldn't have done that. But here's the thing. If he hadn't had material that like l- gave permission to treat people like that, she wouldn't have made that. She wouldn't have posted that picture. And it, it, they're willing to just take advantage of any situation. Well, first of all, Lauren Boebert in a theater. Let's just be honest. I mean, that's <laughs> an adventure in itself. Um, you here's the best part about you, Patty, because your your comedic background. It is such a, it's so strong for you because you understand comedy and yes, jokes are jokes and stuff like this, but you don't go on out there and vilify entire groups of people. You, you turn that off at times. You know, Rickles turned it off at times. When Don Rickles would go after everyone, he would turn it off every once in a while. You know, you can't, you can't, you know, put forward this, this mentality. And then when Lauren Boebert sees you and, oh, he's my hero because of what he says. Can't be, can't be shocked at the fact that you basically have, by your own by your own workings, associated yourself with this extremist side. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. You can't be surprised, and you can't get mad at it because you put it out there and you get it right back. Uh, that's <laughs> I just, anyway. I could go on and on about the comics who have uh, you know I don't, I, that have stirred up controversy and been like, I'm not apologizing. And the worst one, people have asked me about this. I don't know if you've seen any about Matt, anything about Matt Reif, who is a big TikTok star and had this uh, this yeah. Netflix special. He starts out with a joke about domestic violence that's that in of itself was it wasn't funny it wasn't in sight it wasn't shedding a light on anything but i don't did you see what he did for his apology no he said here here's a link to my apology and it goes to a page that has equipment for people with developmental disabilities and it has the helmets and i so now as a comic and the mother of a child with disability i'm like you know that was that goes beyond the pale Uh, it wasn't necessary at all it's just it's just gross, and it comes back. Well, and yeah. isn't it isn't yeah. it isn't it just it tells you everything about him that that's where he thinks comedy is, right? That that's I mean I mean okay, so I've done some improv comedy years ago, and we did something that was we did a little skit just in practice in practice that was wildly inappropriate, and we said yeah we can't do this in front of anyone. I mean it was just kind of one of those things that's an improv skit it just happened. And we're like, okay, yeah, all right, fine. No, this never goes out. You, you've got to have some level of maturity and responsibility to realize, yet, because when you write a joke that's that offensive or a rebuttal that's that offensive, that you need to shut up and stop talking. And right. they don't, they don't, they, 
He doesn't understand that. You make a you make a really good point. If what makes you laugh is how wrong it is, then take a step back and go. Then is it necessary? If it's so exactly. ho- horrifying and so mean that we we're laughing at how wrong it is, do I have to put it out there? Uh, yeah, it's all it's all. You're, and you're right. We do have a responsibility, and uh, and part of our responsibility is having these conversations. Matt McNeil is joining WCPT. We should do some. We should do more conversations with each other. Let's have you on in a few weeks and and see how it goes. Uh, as far as advice goes, you, I think you wanted some advice. Uh, you're good. You're Midwest, my friend. Uh, and I'm hoping that some of our and, and you're going to be live. Is it going to be? No, it's going to be uh, your second hour of your show, right? Like like the second hour of my show. Yep. I was there. Okay. So, yes. folks, tune in during the day. Maybe you want to call and say so you can hear yourself later at night. <laughs> That's what we should do. <laughs> Here's the one thing I think we can all rally around today. Yes. With George Santos now out of the U.S. House, I think we're favorites for the gold medal in volleyball over in Paris. So <laughs> look forward to the Olympics in 2024. That's right. He's on his way. <laughs> I love it. Matt, have, have, Go USA! <laughs> have a great weekend. And folks, tune in and hear Matt McNeil on Monday night starting at 9 o'clock every night, through, Monday through Friday. Excellent. So excited. Thanks, Patty. Love you. Love you, too. Ah, it's so much fun. We've got a great lineup now, too. We, we, we always have, and we always will. That's, that's what we're working on. Uh, let's take a break here. I'll th- keep taking your calls when we come back on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. Hi, folks. I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit and lime-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to reproductive rights groups in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Provisions Uptown Chicago and R&J Wine and Spirits in Glenview, as well as Eastside Cafe, Coffee and Wine Bar in East Dundee, where Kate is serving up smiles and drink responsibly. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. We are driving it home and we've got a we have a call. We have a call from North Carolina. Max, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, you know, I live in North Carolina, but I actually I work up up and down the coast and I've been working down in Florida for like a year now, and, uh, you know, like, when I go through Georgia and South Carolina, well, and North Carolina, what I see more of is homeless people, you know, and the the thing is, Mm. I mean, I'm great, I'm I'm thankful that we, we can help people that come across the border, but the problem with that, I actually work down in Panama, too, a lot, okay, so the people that come from down there up here, you know, they come up here because we Americans, our our big corporations, are destroying their companies down. I mean, they're they're destroying. Well, they run their their countries down there, and and uh, they give them the pay that they want to give them, which is like nothing. These people are starving. You know, so they live in in places where you you know you wouldn't. Most people wouldn't even put their dog in. You know, I, I hate to say that. So they come up here for a better life, yeah, okay? But the only thing about it is that the American government does not help the American people, okay? We know today that 93,000, I'm pretty sure that what I read, of vets go hungry every day. And I'm pretty sure the number is, is over, is 10 million more children go hungry every day than, than it was 12 years ago. And homelessness in the United States is the second highest right now 
before World War II. Okay, those are facts. And our government is not doing nothing about it. And they want support from the people to vote them back into office? Yeah, no, they, they, our government is, is, is not helping the American people. And, and it's the Republicans and Democrats that are not helping uh, the people here. So we could talk about the, how, how, things, how great they are, but, you know, go out in the streets. Like, I, I think, I don't know, on your show or the show before, I was hearing about somebody that was going on the street. You, I go out in the streets and I talk to people, but I don't go to the rich neighborhoods. I go to where the poor people live at and see how they live and see how they don't have teeth, see how they don't have affordable health insurance, see how they can't eat, how they don't have food, a decent meal to eat. That's why a lot of people eat all the high calories, they get on fat, and as they get COVID, they end up dead. Because people are just making, corporations are just making money off the American people to fatten their wallet. Okay? And, and that right there is sick. And that's what people need to stand up to and put an end to today. You know, we need to, get, we, we need to do something different here in the U.S. of A. for the rest of the people here. If we have something, I'm not saying you have to give it, give it away. I'm saying that if you could help, Stand up and help. Speak out about what's going on. And I because think, you know what? Uh, yeah. Go. You know what? What? Go ahead. Um, America is not fine today. We are not in a good place, and we need to move towards that. And we should move towards that. A lot of what I'm finding is in regards to our funding and our policies for individuals who don't have homes or shelter is mismanagement of funding. You know, creating these contracts and just apparently there doesn't seem to be any oversight on how much, you know, some, like what it would cost, what it would actually cost to, how, to help someone get housing and to help them, you know, get a, a step up in life is overinflated because they are gov- government contracts. But I think that's that's a big part of the problem as well. And I also think not capturing the absolute r- outrageous wealth that is not being taxed uh, with the amount of passive income that billionaires and corporations can make in offshore accounts is a big part of it too. But, you know, if we're not spending the money correctly, what difference does it make how much we have? So I think a lot of it also has to do with policy. I've got to run, Max. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. I appreciate it. Thank you, take it, take it, thank you. Meryl Miller, our manager of the Jefferson Park Sunday Market, joins us on the line. Hey, Meryl, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm excited about uh, this market we're having, yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. Uh, so, first of all, especially after hearing the uh, weather forecast, most of all, I just now really glad we're indoors. Uh, so, our friends at the Copernicus Center Foundation have invited us to join them in their annex space, which is an amazing space. There's skylights, and it's just a lovely, warm atmosphere. And uh, I guess I should mention that if anybody's curious what it looks like, we actually have a little news clip on our YouTube channel, but that's linked on our uh, Farmer's Market webpage at uh, JeffersonParkSundayMarket.com. So if anybody's looking for that or any of the uh, info on our vendors, it's all available there, including things like a link to one of our newer newest vendors that hasn't ever joined us before, uh, Bennett's Farms. 
uh, so if you click to their website, the first thing that comes up is bacon. So for anyone that is a bacon fan or, you know, is looking for, um, you know, meat for any of their events for the holiday season, uh, they will be a great resource. Of course, farmer's market also means we've got produce. So our uh, longtime friends uh, from Rightway Farms are going to be joining us. We're still working out a little giveaway that we're going to be doing with some tote bags that uh, come from them. You can just buy them, but we're going to have a little bingo game that patrons can play to maybe win a a uh, tote bag that comes from them. So it's a, a really awesome design. I'll have that up on our social media in a little while. Uh, another brand new vendor that we've got is, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, but Hooray Spice. Uh, you know, into Indian spices in particular, uh, they're brand new. They're recommended by one of our other vendors. Uh, I think a lot of folks know Lilia from Collective. She's uh, a Big fan of cooking and you know spices and all that. So and then of course she also knows a lot of vendors from other markets because she does them herself. Uh, and so she'd recommend it, uh, to reach out to have them join us. And we're looking forward to them. Um, and I'm kind of listing them as a new vendor, uh, Lily Chai, uh, but they actually vended with us years ago under the name Booney Chai. So I'm not sure why I changed the name, but more in line with the owner's own name. So that's probably something to do with it. But uh, I know from the past, her product is great. Uh, so if you're into the complex flavors that you can get from Thai tea, um, which, okay, so those of you who know what Thai really means, that is kind of just say, like saying tea tea. But there's so much more involved with chai than just your average tea. Um, but great collection of options there. Another brand new vendor to us, but longtime vendor from Logan Square Market is going to be Daisy's Pasta and Sauces. I'm Ooh. so excited to have pasta back at our market because um, we had a previous pasta vendor that retired. And so uh, something kind of a little slightly to look in the film for a bit, so really excited about that. Uh, and, oh, my gosh, I'm getting hungry talking about I know. all this I was stuff. just looking at the, is that a charcuterie board from Bennett Farms? I'm looking at all uh, some of the uh, the items. On <laughs> you can also follow Jefferson Park Sunday Market on Instagram, and that's where you'll find a lot of uh, just mouth-watering images of food, the egg rolls and garlic. Is, are the garlic friends coming, or is that an older photo? Yes. You guys, okay, so the folks... And actually, I think the picture that you might be looking at is uh, really from uh, Mount's Polish Food, uh, because they've got a bunch of sausages and stuff. Uh, They'll also have pierogies, because of course, you know, Polish food, you got to have the pierogies. So, and I should note that for our vegetarian friends, they do have uh, vegetarian pierogies. So, um, your sauerkraut, uh, your um, uh, potato, a few other different varieties of pierogies. Uh, another great option for vegan, even, is um, uh, Molly's Foods. Uh, so they refer to them as egg rolls because it's the easiest name reference, uh, but they're actually more really a vegetable roll. 
uh, but are completely vegan. They come frozen, uh, ready to throw in your, um, if you've got a uh, um, hot air oven, um, great way to cook them. Uh, there's several other ways of cooking them. Um, oh, and new to the winter market, a lot of people got to know Urban Dining League uh, from our summer markets, and uh, they will be joining us with uh, uh, ready to take home and heat meals, uh, so soups and all kinds of other options. Uh, I can't even describe all the stuff that they've got, uh, but you can go to like our Facebook page, and I linked a thing this morning to their website that kind of goes through all of the options that they have, or at least whatever options they posted the other day. <laughs> all I know is that was another situation of getting hungry. Oh, and you were talking about hot sauces earlier. Yes. I'm going to have to tempt you again. Uh, so uh, your, your sponsor, King Buckaroo, is actually at our uh, friends over at Irish American Heritage Center. They're doing their Christmas Bazaar, which is largely gift items. So they kind of, you know, slide into that category over there. We're mostly food items by us. So feel free to hit both markets because it's yes. different vendors. Different vendors at both. Uh, but at our market is going to be Red Angel Sauces. So I don't know if you yeah, remember. I do from uh, yeah. North Branch Chicken, also oh. in my compartment on my door. <laughs> For yes, that, yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so yes. Lindsay's going to be out with his selection of sauces. Very different profile than any of the others. Uh, so his stuff is Nigerian blend style. Uh, and uh, so it's it's funny because it's that's my go-to as far as hot sauces go. Yeah. He's actually got a heat level that I'm good at. <laughs> but so much flavor. And it is different. Yeah, and it's a little bit more. Um, it's a little more liquid. It, like the tea dogs is much richer. It's a thicker one, and you know, it's almost like a. I, I, I can't. I don't know. How, I don't know how to explain it. But it's, I don't know if it's the other one's a little more vinegary, uh, which I love too. Um, but it's really good. Yeah, yeah. So very different flavor profiles. Uh, tea dog is also. I think he's at uh, the Heritage Center. I'm not sure. All I know is he wasn't available for this weekend. So, gotcha. That's uh, uh, yeah. why uh, Wednesday's got to fill in that particular gap. So, and some music. Yeah, we have, do, we, do we have entertainment as well? Of course we do. We have Dave coming out. Excellent. So, and I, I know that uh, our, our friends from Pride Roasters are excited about that. They're getting a hot spot that's going to be right next to the musician station this time around because well, they're fans. So, you know, why not put them right where, you know, they can... Have fun, and also be selling coffee to drink this time out. Uh, you can walk in the door, and they're basically going to be almost right there. We're still going to have tamales express immediately inside the door. So if you want your, you know, tamales or Sandy Special or whatever else you might want from them, uh, they'll be there on hand. And uh, so are Holy's Cookies. And I think you've got another guest coming yep, up uh, from Nez Boots. Yep, I got Ben and Bob on the line. We're going we're gonna to grab their, uh, their calls right after the break. And again, folks, it's the Jefferson Park Sunday Market. It's the Winter Market at the Copernicus Center, Copernicus Center Annex from 10 a.m to 2 p.m. That address is 5214 West Lawrence Avenue, and there is free parking in the lot, or you might find a spot right there in front of the right in front of the venue. Oh, should also mention, uh, Dave's Knife Sharpening, going to be out front. Oh, there you go. So he's got the 
big red truck out front. So that's going to be another kind of landmark to help find us. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah. But you're nice. Makes yeah. 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 So it makes it super easy. You drop your knives on, off on the way in and pick them up on the way out. Good to go. Yep, I uh, I agree. Uh, I I'm so excited about the the market for you guys on on Sunday, and uh, I and you know what? You don't have to worry about the weather because you'll be indoors. Thank you so much, Meryl. Well, thank you, thank you. Outstanding. And everyone can go to the uh, go to the the Facebook page, Instagram page for the Jefferson Park Sunday Market, and the website as well, which is remind me, Meryl. Uh, Jefferson Park Sunday Market dot com. Outstanding. And we are also on uh, Threads. Twitter or whatever you call it these days, Instagram, <laughs> yeah, all of the, and now YouTube, because, you know, YouTube. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> YouTube, got to be everywhere. Thank you, Meryl. Have a wonderful evening, my friend. You too. Thank you so much, Patty. Thank you. Thank you. Let's take a break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Bob and Ben from Mez Foods. They're also going to be at the Jefferson Park Sunday Market. Uh, I've met them before, and they've got a great product to tell you about. More after this on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. I want to get right to our guests on the line. We have Bob Schultz and Ben Schultz, because apparently this is a family venture, unless you just happen to be friends with somebody with the same name and created a company. Hey, Bob and Ben, how are you guys doing tonight? We're doing great. Doing great. Thank Patty. you so much for having us on, Patty. Absolutely. I'll take both of you at the same time. <laughs> I never know <laughs> who I'm going to hear first. Well, let me start with uh, who's older, Bob or Ben? Uh, I am Ben. Ben, all right, yeah. all right, Ben. Let me start with you then. Uh, ben, uh, tell me a little bit about Mez Foods and where this uh, where this wonderful business came from. Yes, awesome, and thank you so much for having us on today. Um, Mez Foods really came about because Bob and I um, really wanted to. We are brothers, uh, as you can tell from the same last name. And we wanted to start a business that really focused on making really delicious nutritious products um, that come from ingredients that are better for the planet. And uh, both of us are really big chocolate lovers. We've been um, chocolate fans really since I can remember what food, like starting to eat food, I should say. Um, And we really were interested in kind of making a a chocolate product that we could eat every day, Um, something that was really flavorful and delicious like that, but also was super nutritious and healthy. Um, And we started into uh, cocoa and that supply chain, and we got really sort of unexcited about what we were seeing. Um, Things like forced labor, child labor, deforestation, um, and a lot of other things that just really are are kind of oddly not spoken a lot about in um, chocolate and cocoa, um, but but are are kind of present in a lot of different places. And so we were really looking for um, other ingredients that we could use that could still bring about that amazing, delicious flavor of chocolate, but didn't have all of the baggage that cocoa or cacao has with it. It kind of led us to this amazing ingredient called mesquite. Um, It's this arid desert plant. Um, It's actually the same thing that Texas barbecue is made from, but it has this fruit um, and it grows throughout the Americas, throughout all of the world, except for Europe and Antarctica. And it's very hardy I mean, it requires almost no rainwater to fruit um, and and creates this amazing, delicious, um, highly nutritious fruit that's also got all of these very chocolatey flavors, but also a lot of other flavors um, that are really delicious, too, like cinnamon and date and coconut. Um, And so we are using this to create uh, basically a chocolate. Um, It's a bar. It melts like chocolate. You can bake with it like chocolate, and it's really delicious like chocolate as well, um, but it doesn't have any cocoa in it. 
Interesting. Now, who's now, Bob? Who is the the person that said, "You know what? We need to replace the uh, the element of cocoa and, and create something that people, you know, are drawn to, but it's not doing harm to to people or the environment." Yeah, that was a little bit. I, I kind of uh, was looking at the ski. So this is Bob. Um, just and I brought this to Ben. I was like, you know, I was kind of poking around and seeing what kind of. Uh, ingredients we're not really using in North America and which ingredients we have like kind of historically used like beans, uh, you know, uh, maize and all these other food stuff, squash uh, that we've kind of historically eaten in, in the Americas. Um, and one that kind of like cropped up that I didn't really necessarily recognize was mesquite. So um, because a lot of the time people think of it as a tree, not necessarily there being a fruit. That was kind of new to both of us as well. Um, but kind of the reason that we wanted to, uh, kind of put it into this chocolate format too, is that a lot of people have historically kind of used it more as like a a gluten-free flour. Um, but we wanted to kind of show it in a new type of light and then new types of products that can kind of, uh, extend what people might think of, uh, as mesquite flour if they're even related or know much about it at that point. That sounds like quite the adventure. Ben, are there any other are there any other companies that make chocolate from mesquite? Uh, as of right now, we're the only company that we're aware of in the world oh, wow. um, that uses mesquite to make chocolate. There's actually very few companies right now um, trying to look at what other ways we can make chocolate that don't use cocoa. Um, and very few of them are even in America that do exist. And so, yeah, we we are the first company that we're aware of that is making mesquite from chocolate. Incred- chocolate from mesquite, I should say. <laughs> Incredible, and and so Bob, you know, what what kind of reactions are you getting from folks? Because I know that uh, you guys were at the Irish American Heritage Center a few weeks ago, uh, and people are taking samples. It's kind of exciting for folks, isn't it, to have something new that's also friendly to people in the environment? Yeah, yeah, we've gotten really good response from folks. I think that you know, it's it's not too tough to twist somebody's arm to try a sample <laughs> of chocolate, thankfully. <laughs> yes. So that's that's not been the necessarily the, the most difficult thing. Uh, but, you know, we end up trying to lead off that this is chocolate and kind of like then explaining what mesquite is and how uh, we came to it. And when people realize that it has no cocoa and they're very kind of aghast and they're like, oh, my gosh, like how, how does it taste like this, Ben? And, um, you know, like Ben had mentioned, there's just so many interesting flavor profiles that are in this that aren't really in chocolate and almost kind of becomes more of a complex flavor than uh, maybe you're, you're typical to, but it's, it's a really familiar flavor, but also kind of something you've never tried before. So I think that when we, we end up having people try the product, they really enjoy, you know, can I bake with this? Can I, can I put in my mochas in the morning or what can I do with this? That uh, Driving it home. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez. 
it is the holiday season when you start to gather with friends and family and you go, oh my God, can we just sit and watch a movie so I don't have to talk to you people? Anyway, uh, joining me in studio, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love movies. Move that microphone a little bit towards you too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have Leo Brady, a movie guy. Our movie guy is here. Yes. Is it a movie guy or just movie guy? A movie guy. A yeah. movie guy. Yeah, not a movie guy. A movie guy. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not the movie guy. I'm just a, a movie, movie guy. guy. Yes. A movie guy. Yeah. Uh, first, let's talk about new releases. Yeah. And do you have any sense on how much the uh, the strikes are affecting, like re- timing of releases? Because performers could not promote any of their movies. Yeah. Heading in, so I'm wondering what the landscape looks like heading into the end of uh, 2023. Yeah, and 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 actors, directors are jumping right back in. It yeah. seems. Uh, you know, they had Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Robert De Niro, that's right, and Lily Gladstone at the New York Film Critics Award ceremony. They, you know, so actors want to get out there. They want to be doing it. They want to be a part of these films that they've worked on. And I think they're going to go full steam ahead. I think what we saw was movies get pushed to 2024, which caused some gaps, caused some problems for people who wanted to see Dune Part 2. And now we're just going to have to be patient and wait for those movies next year. I guess. And I saw some trailer for Furiosa. Yes. The next Mad Max film. It it looks fantastic. I was a huge fan of Mad Max Fury Road, and it looks like uh, George Miller's just continued where he where he left off. My husband's laughing in the basement of my house right now because he just heard me say, you said Dune, and I thought, I, I think of Sand, yeah. and I can never distinguish between the two movies. <laughs> yeah. So is Dune like more sci-fi and Mad Max is post-apocalyptic? Correct. Okay. That's a perfect way of okay. dividing the two. I, see how I close yes. my eyes to like imagine. <laughs> but I mean, and both are, you know, about class systems and, and people power struggling to survive during the world that they live in. So uh, both of them, they, they, they're not connected, they, okay. but, you know, they have similar themes. Yeah, the sand. Yeah. A lot of sand. A lot of sand. That's, so, okay, I, <laughs> I have, I have, I have a, ve- a weird visual, uh, just sort of, I can't explain it, uh, ticks. Yeah. Uh, if if a movie has like okay, I will tell you, <laughs> an English patient made me crazy. Yeah. There was too much sand. Yeah. Like the scenes. It, okay. I, let's not go down this path. Yeah. Well, like, well, I can even say the mummy when it's just sand. I'm like, I can taste the sand. <laughs> this <laughs> is my wife with dark water. Anytime there's Same a movie thing, with dark water, oh, she yeah. can't watch it. It's like the opposite of uh, claustrophobic. Yeah. It's like big open spaces. If there's too much water, too much snow, too much sand, yeah. I lose my mind. Yeah. I don't know what this is. You're right. Okay. Right. Anyway, just, I don't know why I put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I totally can understand where you're coming from. So I, I appreciate the insight into like what the, the timing is like. So what are we seeing or what have you seen that's that's been released? And because uh, it, it just feels like a weird year. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, film critics, we're still pumping away and watching all of our screeners right now, trying to catch up with everything that, that we can see before the end of the year, before our voting deadlines. Sure. And there's a lot of good movies right now you know yeah uh uh, one of them that i particularly would love to recommend to a lot of people is the holdovers which is alexander payne's new film with paul giamatti uh it it fits the the bill yeah it fits the bill also as a christmas movie it is a christmas movie and uh it involves a boys prep boarding school like in upstate new york where basically it involves the kids who are left behind when they go on Christmas break. Okay. And that means they're stuck with Paul Giamatti, who plays a professor who is 
a little bit more hard on the kids and not not a big fan of everybody that's oh around boy. there. So uh, it, it, why would they leave him in charge? It, exactly. Oh, well, no. it, you have to see it to okay. figure that out. Uh, but yeah, it, it turns because no into, one wants him either. Exactly, and it, and it turns into this. <laughs> but it does turn into this beautiful film about like relationships, getting to know people, um, you know, family dynamics, you know, dealing with things of of that nature, and it's really delightful. It's one of Alexander Payne's best films in a while, uh, and uh, I highly recommend it. Excellent. Yeah. The holdovers. Okay, yeah. great. All right. Is that now? Is that in, only in theaters now? Yeah, it's only in theaters right now. Um, it uh, will probably be streaming somewhere. I'm, I'm guessing you can rent it within the next you know couple weeks. Excellent. Yeah. Um, the other one is May December, which is Todd Haynes' new film that's coming up on that's on Netflix today. That just released today on Netflix, okay. which is a very odd movie about. Uh, two women, Natalie Portman plays an actress who is going to Atlanta, Georgia to shadow another woman played by Julianne Moore. And it's kind of a take on the Mary Kay Latruno story where, oh, where she was bridled in. Yeah. And, and basically Portman's character is trying to like methodly study this person. And while she's doing it, things get a little bit twisted between the two of them, and they kind of merge together almost as becoming one person in a way. It's like it's very hasn't she, eerie. Hasn't it's, she done this before? Like in uh, isn't Black Swan sort of a weird? Yeah, that's kind of messing with reality. Yes, correct. I mean, it's it, it has uh, a lot of notes that make it feel sort of theatrical in a lot of ways. Todd Haynes is a very unique filmmaker. Uh, he's done, you know, he did Carol, so that's. Another, oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, that was intense. Yeah. That, an- another Christmas movie, by the way. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, that's a movie that, you know, it's getting a lot of praise. Charles Melton, who's the uh, supporting actor in it. He won the New York Critics Award for Best Supporting Actor this past. Uh, wow. I, think, I think it was on Tuesday. Oh. So, you know, yeah. So uh, there, there are a lot of good movies to watch. You just got to go out there and find them. Okay. So May, yeah. December. How was the movie with uh, the, the Moonflower? I don't know the name of the whole. Yeah, Killers of the Flower yes. Moon. I, there you go. I am a big fan of it. Oh, it okay. Is, it is right now sitting at my number two movie of the year. Uh, it is, you know, a hard watch. But it has some of the best directing of the year and acting that you will see in a long time. It's Leonardo DiCaprio playing a role that he really has never played because he's playing a absolute idiot. He's kind of a big fool in this movie. Um, yet what you're sort of seeing is the destruction of, of Native American people, um, you know, the taking of indigenous land. And it, yes, it is a very hard and difficult film to to get through. It is three hours. Yes. Oof. Some people might have to sit through that, but it really does move fast is the thing I tell a lot of people. And yeah, Martin Scorsese's just got such a great touch, such a great sort of style of making it into his own kind of film. And, and I'm really uh, championing it this year. I, uh, I've been traveling a little bit lately and uh, on my flights, uh, I haven't been able to watch the whole thing because I, I doze off and then it's such a long movie. Yeah. Uh, the Departed, I've been watching in oh, pieces. Yeah. And uh, I don't know where I am in it. Uh, <laughs> I think that the, the, oh my gosh, I love this woman so much and I can't believe I'm blanking on her name, the one that plays the, the love interest the, in the triangle. Oh, yeah. Um, see? Yeah. She's got that yeah, face. Yeah, I, I can see her yeah, face. Yeah. And she's got a sister who also <laughs> yeah. it, it does, uh, now does like horror movies too. Right. Uh, I, 
Okay. Anyway, gonna, it's yeah. going gonna to bother me. Yeah. Anyway, that's where I am in the movie where he starts. <laughs> she starts having. I, I don't want to. No spoilers for the, the movie. It's twenty years old. Right. But uh, but it, it reminds me that one. I mean, Scorsese is a great filmmaker. Yeah. Uh, but I've been seeing this argument online a lot about not him in particular, but just movies in general. That yeah. There need to be more hour and a half movies. Yes. Yes. <laughs> just for the attention span, whether you're watching in the theater or at home. Yes. Uh, I, I tend to agree with that. I tend to agree with that. I think like you know for a lot of. Um, films, things seem to work better and tighter when you're at 90 minutes. Yeah. You know? I agree. I um, mean, go ahead and make them, then, because here's the thing. If you have that story to tell, yeah. and you have that kind of cash, eh, cash I don't, I don't know, yeah. if you have that kind of pull, yeah. uh, you can just do a limited series on Netflix, right. or on Hulu, or whatever. Right. Give yeah. us the whole world then. But For sure, for sure. And and some people made that argument with, with Killers of the Flower Moon. I actually think it really works perfectly as a film. I think okay. I think he pieces it really well together on making sure everything's covered and nothing's left out, okay. you know. I, I I recommend it. Do they still have that app where you can decide where to go to the bathroom in, during long movies? Have you seen this before? Yes, like, I think I've heard of this. They yeah. probably do. Yeah, well, if it's a montage, <laughs> like you can go ahead and pee now. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean that for, for that to be the lead-in to take a call from Jim in Chicago. <laughs> hey, Jim, you're on with Leo Brady, a movie guy. Go to movieguy.com. What's on your mind, Jim? Hi. Hi. You guys have a great weekend. I, I used to go to the fine arts that was on Michigan Avenue oh, for yeah. years, for 20 years. And I enjoyed foreign films, especially French films. But I scour the area now, and I can't find our foreign films passe, or do they, do they exist anymore? Yeah, you know, I mean, somebody, one of the best places to go that I highly recommend is, you know, the Music Box Theater is always showing plenty yeah. of independent films, and also the Gene Siskel Center downtown. I mean, I know it's, you know, a little bit of a hike, and it might, you know, mean... Yeah, I've been... I, yeah, I've been to both. I've been to all of them. I've been to all of those, but it seems like uh, I mean, some of my favorite. They were usually French films, and uh, but they were abundant, and it seems to be. Uh, I can't seem to find any uh, good ones. Right. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that because uh, you know they have a different take uh, than an American film. You oh, can sure. Start right away. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Completely. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's there is a film out there right now called The Anatomy yeah. of a Fall. I actually have not seen it yet. It is the winner of the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, German film. Uh, I, I believe it is, you know, people are saying it's the front runner for the International Best Feature Award for the Oscars. So there are, you know, now is the time where foreign films start to hit the theaters a little right. bit because they want to get it out there for fans to see it before the Oscar season. I also think the, Logan, get, the Logan Square yeah. does uh, some decent yes. job of an international yeah, films. Yeah, I, 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 I hit them all. Anyway, you guys have a great weekend. <laughs> and thanks, Bye-bye. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, have, Jim. Have a good weekend. Thanks for calling. Let me take a break. Uh, well, in a moment, um, there was something. Oh, before we go to the break, uh, have you ever heard, seen the movie uh, Stony Island? It's from the 70s. No. They just celebrated their 45th anniversary, uh, and they are all now. it's now available on uh, streaming. And they, they did a, uh, not a premiere, but they did yeah. a um, whatever 
viewing yeah. at the uh, Gene Siskel. Oh, it's awesome. the same director as The Fugitive. Oh, awesome. And yeah. it is it is it's it drips in Chicago texture of <laughs> yeah. the 19, late 1970s. It's yeah. a movie about music. Uh, it's a really it's a, I highly recommend this for you. I think you would like it. Yeah, totally. Uh, from 19 I think it's 1978. That'd be 45 years. Wow. Yeah, cuz I'm old. Anyway, <laughs> I, <laughs> we're hanging out with Leo Brady, a movie guy. You can go to movie, a movieguy.com. You can also follow him on Instagram and all the social medias. Yes. Uh, we're, we're, gonna, we're talking about movies that have uh, recently been released. Uh, we're also going to talk about some non, maybe non-traditional uh, holiday movies that I've been watching. <laughs> yep. And uh, as well as, you know, let us know what your traditional, your favorite holiday movies are. 773-763-9278. That's the number to call and join the conversation anytime. You can text as well. 773-763-9278. Uh, I've already told Leo that I liked uh, uh, Violent Night. That's that's not normal. That's yeah. not normal for me to say out loud. Yeah, you know, I, I was a fan of it too. You're, you're talking to the right guy. You're talking right. to the right guy. Let's talk about when we come back. You shouldn't be talking about like that was a cool kill uh, when it comes to the holidays. Yeah. We'll be right back on WCPT820 Heartland Signal and KTNF 950 AM, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Hi, folks. I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like Biden beer, which is inoffensive and not bitter, and Extinct Elephant, a moderate red ale. Because you know those moderate Republicans seem to be going the way of the dodo. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to keep Wisconsin blue and drive the MAGA cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. To keep track of the good trouble we're making in Wisconsin and where to buy our beer, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, MonacoBrewingCompany.com. And drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We're in studio with Leo Brady. You can go to amovieguy.com to check out what flicks he recommends and what his thoughts are on movies that are out there. Uh, let's take a phone call. We were talking about holiday movies. Uh, I have turned to non-traditional and somewhat uh, just gory yeah. <laughs> movies, but let's talk about what you like, what you guys like to watch. Hey, Cole, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? Doing very well. Uh, is this your first time calling, or have we talked to you before? First time caller. Oh, wonderful. Then you, you qualify for my third card of the night for oh, First go. Timer Friday. So we'll have a gift card to, to give you. So don't hang up when we're done, because uh, Paul's going to grab your information, and we'll get, you, get a card out to you, okay? Awesome. Awesome. Excellent. So what's on your mind for holiday movies? Well, I, I wanted to uh, to ask a true movie expert, what's the uh, the definition of a holiday or Christmas movie, because I think there's a lot out there. Is, is Die Hard a Christmas yes. movie? Is, you know, what weapon. defines yes. it and what makes it one? Yeah. <laughs> you know, just the setting of Christmas alone yeah. can be enough, yeah. right? I mean, that's that's why Lethal Weapon and, and Die Hard fit the bill. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's often the criteria. My wife and I have a j- running joke that whenever we see a movie and if there's any moment of a Christmas shot, we go, oh, it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. But, uh, but Yes, you want a little bit more traditional, full Christmas surroundings, themes of Christmas, families gathering around the holidays for, you know, that create drama. Um, But, yeah, there's no there's no set criteria, honestly, for Christmas movies. It's just if Christmas is the time setting of the movie, then it's a Christmas movie to me. How much of It's a Wonderful Life actually happens at Christmas? Because I think I think it's just the last like 20 minutes of the film. Yeah, it's it's kind of uh, it's not the whole thing. 
thing. Right. It, and it's so funny how much of a staple it's become as a holiday movie. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's so many movies these days that people have begin, you know, been having the conversation about what non-traditional Christmas movie are you watching. One that comes to mind for me is Batman Returns. That's a movie that people don't think about, but the whole setting about it is the lighting of the Gotham Christmas tree at the beginning. Oh, that's funny. So it's just like the, these are movies that really do have the settings. You talked about Lethal Weapon. Shane Black has a history of his movies, whether it's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang or The Nice oh, Guys. Right. That they're all set during the Christmas time season. So, uh, and those are all movies that I highly recommend for your non-traditional Christmas movies. What about you, Cole? What What do you consider to be a holiday movie? I, I couldn't agree more. I think as long as, you know, some people need to say it needs to be the whole theme of the movie, but I think, you know, as long as there's a piece of it, um, I think it fits. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I agree. And, and, and by the way, whatever you enjoy at the holidays, you know, right. whatever helps you de-stress. And- yeah, you know, I mean, some people just like to put a Christmas movie on in the background while they're cleaning the yeah. house. And that's why, you know, Hallmark movies have, have the ability to succeed. Uh, yep. That's why, you know, it, it seems like Netflix is putting out more and more Christmas movies every year. And, yeah, it's just um, it's a fun thing to do. I watch. I make sure to watch twenty five brand new Christmas movies every holiday season. So it's a oh task. Oh my god! And uh, but it, <laughs> it used to be harder than it, it, it used to be harder than it is today because there's sure. so many movies that are set for Christmas. And um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Do you have any favorites, Cole? Um, I mean, I'm I'm a classic. I like Elf. You know, that was uh, <laughs> my favorite movie as a kid, and and I don't think it, I've seen a funnier Christmas movie. It is absolutely delightful. You know, I actually didn't. I, I just watched it for the first time a few years ago. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my favorites too. I, I mean, I'm the guy that has the. Uh, you can call me a basic movie guy because um, I like a Christmas story. I like uh, Home Alone, and I like Elf. Those are my three, you know, Christmas movies that I really love to go to. I uh, I also like uh, Bad Mom's Christmas. I really enjoy that so much. <laughs> Christine Baranski. Yes. And, oh, my God. Uh, Susan Sarandon. And who's the other? There's another mom in there. Yes. Uh, anyway, it's re- I, yeah. I, I did that. I, I watched it. And my husband doesn't enjoy those, the Bad Moms movies. <laughs> right. So I watched them alone while wrapping uh, gifts while eating Cheetos, which yes. is a terrible blend. You should never have Cheetos while you're wrapping presents. Oh, yeah. Don't do that, Cole. N- yeah, not a good idea. <laughs> Cheeto fingers. Cheeto fingers. Well, thanks. For the, do you get, Cole, do you get in arguments with people about Die Hard and uh, being a Christmas movie? Uh, you know, there's there's always the, the person in the office that that wants to be the police on what is a Christmas movie. But like you said, it's all about what the way you see it and when you watch it and, yep. and whether you enjoy it. That's all dramatic. Exactly. Well, hang on the line. Paul's going to grab your information and we're going to get a gift card out for you. Thanks for being a first time caller on on First Timer Friday. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Cole. Thank you. All right, so let's uh, let's let's tee up for when we come back after after the break in a, a few minutes. Uh, so I have been watching. So first of all, I do my my I do think that we need more Thanksgiving movies, and I do know that there was a Thanksgiving horror movie, which yes. I can't wait to see that. Which I have seen. Yeah, and how was it? Uh, I was a fan with it. it. It's got some plot holes and plot problems, like maybe most slasher uh, holiday movies could be, but. It worked. It yeah. worked for me. It, I, I said that the title should have been, I know what you did last Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, no. 
because it's basically kind of a riff on I know what you did last summer or, right. or movies like Scream, uh, but the setting is Thanksgiving, and and they were able to sort of they were able to make that work. Um, it you know they certainly point at the madness of Black Friday shopping, and they they are able to have a little bit of fun with the idea of. Eating at the dinner table and killings happening in that in that way, shape, right. or form. But so many knives on things. Yes, exactly. There you go. Uh, but for myself, as a big horror fan, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Okay. Yeah. Because I I think what happened this year, I'm pretty sure. I I, I think that so I got broken and somehow. It, it, during Halloween, yeah, I started watching way more Halloween. And you mentioned, uh, I don't know, if, off the air, we were talking about um, Insidious, not Insidious, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, the um, the Conjuring, Conjuring. the yes. Conjuring, which yeah. I think Insidious is one of the correct the movies, yeah, it's and one the of, Nun, yeah, it's a lot, yeah. I I went down, a, I I watched a lot of horror movies <laughs> this uh, Halloween season, and when Halloween ended, I'm like, I'm not done, and I just I kept watching uh, horror movies, yeah. and we saw that there were a few. We even watched uh, something called Slither, yes. He's, <laughs> That's a James Gunn film. Yes, I've so, seen it. It's so yeah, weird. yeah. It's, it's very odd, very gooey, and, and well, if yeah. you like that kind of stuff, it's it's kind of right up my alley. I oh like it. Oh my god, it's so weird. <laughs> and then there's another one with um, Bruce Campbell is a manager of a toy store. Yeah, I don't know, what the, but it happens on a Black Friday. But okay. similar thing where there's yeah. like a, an asteroid and then everyone like it, it's like that was my transition into holiday movies. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. That's the way to it do. It might be Black Friday. Oh, okay. But not Black Friday. Yeah, Black Friday. Yeah, and Bruce Campbell, he's a horror legend, obviously. Oh yeah. So So what's great, what's fun about that, and you've been able to interview some celebrities and stars yeah. of movies. So yeah. I've interviewed both Bruce Campbell and Michael Rooker. So it's always weird now when I see them. Yeah. With Michael Rooker, you know, he lived in Chicago. Yeah. And he was a lifeguard at North Avenue. Right. And then, but Bruce Campbell, my son was like around 11 or 12. We were big fans of Burn Notice. Yes. And at the time, Griffin never swore. Like he, like he always kind of was disappointed. <laughs> when people swore. Yeah. He was a little bit of, you know, and, yeah. uh, and he didn't know how mommy was. Uh, <laughs> Prior. But Bruce Campbell, like, I, I don't know, I, Bruce Campbell, like, I, you know, he, he was swearing off the air. Yeah. And Griffin was kind of like, and then Bruce Campbell was like, what are you? And he, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> he was very funny. He was yes. very sweet. And Michael Rooker, also really fun to interview. It's just strange now when I see them in some of these movies. Yeah, they, they've gone on to very bigger and better things. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and that's that's great. It's it's about time actors like that yes. get, get their attention. You know, yeah. it's what it's all about. Well, Bruce Campbell, that year, Year had an entire wing of Wizard World. Oh yeah, like they had an entire Bruce Campbell. Like, and he had a, a pre, like a premiere of a movie he had done. Yeah, it was oh, just yeah. so much fun. Yeah. So, I, for whatever reason, I'm stuck on horror movies uh, for a little bit. So I, I have to wean myself off of it. But, but but when we come back, we'll talk about a couple a couple more. Oh, Happy Death Day was really good too. That's not really a horror movie. Have you yeah, seen that? No, I have seen it. Yeah, that's very much like a almost like Back to the Future kind of movie. So good. Yeah, or, or ground, Groundhog Day. It's like Groundhog. It, it Day. is like Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. also Freaky was yes. really Freaky is oh good. Oh my god. Yeah. With Vince Vaughn? Yeah. Holy anyway, yes. just these are these are the fun movies I've been watching lately. There's you guys, there's so much out there. Uh we always get mad about like not having you know, having too many choices. Yeah. That's why Leo is here to help us. I, exactly. That. Yeah, and that's why it's the time of the season to go to the movie theaters. Movie theaters are back. Yes. You know, they it was a big hit with Oppenheimer and Barbie. Yes. And we gotta just keep that going. I think um, you know, movies like the holdovers or um, even, you know, even movies like Taylor Swift's concert film and Beyonce 
Beyonce's concert film, which is coming out this weekend. Those are great. I, I, I'm totally on board for things like that because it gets fans in. It gets them into the theaters. It's a community experience. Yeah. And that's what movies are all about. Uh, outstanding. Yeah. Let's continue our conversation with Leo Brady, a movie guy. Go to a movieguy.com for all of his reviews and follow him on all the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places. Yeah. All the places. More all after places. this on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal and KTNF 950 AM Minneapolis, St. Paul. Hey there, it's your guy Warren Price from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technicraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200, that's 773-248-1200 or europeanus.com. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. So telling Leo that I want to make sure I get to a text before we continue our conversation about holiday movies or uh, horror movies or holiday slash horror movies or holiday slasher movies or, you know, you know what I'm saying, uh, <laughs> holiday funny movies. Uh, Mark, I, if you're still, I hope that you're still there. Uh, Mark just texted me a little while ago. There was a call uh, from our friend Max in North Carolina talking about how uh, Democrats and Republicans aren't doing a good enough job. Uh, sometimes, uh, when someone's on a, on a roll and I'm, I'm, I'm squeezed for time, uh, I don't necessarily say as much as I would like to or what I'm thinking. So I appreciate that. And I, I, uh, I wish I had said more in regards to what I think, uh, are the roadblocks when it comes to providing services for those who need it the most. And it's always Republicans that are the party of no. So I wanted to delineate that between our movie reviews because Leo, I mean, if, if you want to, you can, but I also want to, I, I try to put a protective layer around what people do and right. uh, their politics. Yes, so, totally. Yeah. So we were talking about, uh, and someday we'll do political movies. Yeah. Um, yeah but tonight totally. we're doing some holiday movies. Yes. So my very favorite holiday movie is actually, I mentioned this earlier, is a Thanksgiving movie, not a horror movie. Okay. Uh, Home for the Holidays. Oh, yes. I'm sorry, is is such an underrated, uh, under f- uh, amplified movie. Yes. So good. Very much so. Is that James L. Brooks? I can't remember. No, but it's Jodie Foster directs yeah. it. Oh, Jodie Foster oh, okay, directed yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know who wrote it. But yeah. uh, Charles Durning, Anne Bancroft, yeah. uh, it's Holly Hunter, yep. David Stratham. Yes. You know? Love them. Uh, All those actors. Amazing. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Is it uh, Dylan McDermott? Yeah, that sounds about right. With the blue eyes from uh, from the practice, right? Yep. And uh, and Geraldine Chaplin. Not amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, Steve Gutenberg. Come oh. on. How is <laughs> The Gutenberg. The Gutenberg. Yeah. It? yeah. Police Academy. <laughs> it is. It's a great movie. So that's my one, like, uh, I don't know. It just gets me every time. Yeah. I love everything about it. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, honestly, the thing about um, holiday movies, Christmas movies in general, is the they're on all the time during this season and i feel like some of those movies they get second chances and second wins so, that's true and that's a movie you know you're bringing that up to me i need to watch that movie again it's been oh, i think i've seen it once yeah and it's like one of those movies where if i watched it today it would feel like a first time watch because it's been yeah. so long since i've seen it and it holds up yeah it, it really does yeah. uh it's just and i think as a as an adult now and looking back at like you know your relationship with your family yeah uh it it's all of that but maybe that's why uh, maybe that's why horror movies at the holiday season are starting to gain more tr- like yeah. there's more of a market for that right maybe it's in contrast to to the Hallmark channel right because man oh, I like have so did you said you've you try to watch 25 new holiday movies yes. every year yes. so did you see the one that was filmed over here in Long Grove 
there's a like a Hallmark. I don't know if it's Hallmark or Netflix. It's one of those. Okay. But it's filmed in the area. Oh, wow. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. With D.B. Sweeney. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he lives in the area. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eight men out. He's uh, not the romantic lead. He's, a, oh, he's kind he's of a, just a, a boss. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, it, it's a daunting task. Sometimes there are a lot of awful Christmas movies out there. That There is no shortage of that. That's why I think we love the classics that we get so much. It makes it easier to go back to them. Um, But, yeah, but when I do it, you know, uh, it tends to be a lot of fun. That's that's really what I get out of it, watching 25 new Christmas movies where my wife and I will sit down. We'll be like, what is this going to be like? Sometimes we are surprised. Sure. Sometimes we find movies that we're like, you know what? That wasn't that bad. So uh, that can be pleasant. Uh, you know, if, if it's not good, you can always watch Muppets Christmas Carol. There right? you go. That's yep. one that I'm like always a fan of. With Michael Caine. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. Um, uh, you know, there is a uh, holiday horror movie that I think didn't get a fair shake at the beginning. It's called Krampus. Okay. That's a movie that is so funny in the beginning. It's so crazy yes. creepy. Yes. I Okay. Yeah. We can't talk about the ending. Okay. But is the ending what I think it is? <laughs> yes. I think so. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because we don't know. Yeah. We don't, I, I think it. Yeah. I, I can't tell anybody. <laughs> no, you don't want to it's, spoil that. It is so surprising. I really hated when that family came in. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the cousins come in. <laughs> right. And I was so confused. I'm like, were they all girls? Anyway, right. that's not yeah, that's neither I mean, here nor there. And, and that's kind of like those themes, too, which are hilarious from like Home Alone, where like the big families, you've got the uncle that comes in that is like always, a, you know, a stickler and kind of curmudgeon yeah. Uh that's that's what makes Christmas movies so great. There's always these just great dynamics that make it hilarious, funny, every everybody relates to it. And uh yeah, I I think Krampus is one that a lot of people should check out. I, I will say this. Yeah. To your point, you mentioned that something had a plot hole. Thanks yes. the Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. So when they send her out in the blizzard, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, just make sure you're home by four thirty. You can't see outside your front door. Right. What are you talking? What are you? What? Yeah. I mean, did they not watch The House on the Prairie? <laughs> pa had to take a, a rope from the house to the barn, which was like ten feet away, so he wouldn't get lost in the blizzard. Anyway, yes. I was very angry at that. Yeah, they, they couldn't see in front of their faces no. and uh anyway, was, what's right out there. there is very terrifying yeah it was really <laughs> it was really good yeah yeah it was, it's good that was crazy good go ahead yeah i mean other other you know non-traditional christmas movies uh, you know the old school black christmas with Margot kidder is a is a classic that i think is really really good and and the thing about it too that, that had to have inspired the uh what's the calls are coming from inside the house wasn't there another movie or is it just that one yeah, uh, yeah well like a movie like halloween or a movie yeah. like you know in some ways and, and i don't know i know this is sacrilegious there's some elements to it that i think are better than halloween yeah, yeah, it's Black a good, Christmas. Yeah, it's it's a really scary. Same with the end of that movie. Yes, the ending <laughs> of that movie is a reveal that you know leaves you quite terrified. Yeah. Uh, builds it up until the very end and kind of hits you over the head with it. 
We have, uh, okay, this, I would agree with this one, and I also think it's been lost in the shuffle of yep. holiday movies. Yeah. Uh, actually, one of my favorite movies <laughs> with uh, Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, yeah. The Long, Long Kiss, Kiss Goodbye. Good night. Yeah. It's a good, it's good night. You're yes. right. Long Kiss Goodnight. Yep. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. When Very she comes out movie. of that, that window yep. shooting into the ice. And <laughs> yeah. What? You know, and, and honestly, uh, action movies for Christmas, Christmas action movies, going back to like Die Hard and, and, and things of that open, yeah. yeah, those tend to be some of the best. Alonx Goodnight is a perfect one to bring up. Another one that I think totally works is Reindeer Games with Ben Affleck. Yes. Yeah. This it, is the casino. Correct. <laughs> you, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guys getting snowed in. Yeah. Uh, Gary Sinise, Chicago yes. guy. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a Christmas movie that doesn't get talked about enough, and it and it's good action. It's that old school 90s action that, uh, you know, I think we pine for. Uh, I will pivot and say that this new movie this week, Silent Night, okay. which is a Christmas action film directed by action legend uh, John Woo oh. is sadly disappointing. No! Yeah. Well, John Woo's the man. Yes. A John Woo. And I, right. and I am, like, typically in the bag. There, the, I, yeah. I give this movie a lot of credit and respect for what it tries to do, but it just didn't work for me. And, and, and I'm saying this because the premise of the movie is Joel Kinnaman plays a character who he gets shot in the throat and he loses oh, his ability to speak. But it's not just him who doesn't speak. The whole movie is dialogue free. Oh, There's no talking. It is silent. It is a silent movie, basically. Uh, it will be a challenge for most viewers. The action sequences are good. John Woo knows how to put together an action sequence still. That's great. But it was not the movie for me. I got too bored with it. I wanted the the concept of nobody talking. Is there subtitles to, or to is there done. No, nothing. there's nothing. All, nope, you, all, nope, all you hear is a score and grunts and screams. Why are they grunting if we don't hear anything yeah, else? That's about it. Oh yeah, dear. Yeah. Okay. It was a question. I mean, again, it was one of the more disappointing movies of 2023 that I've seen. Okay. Yeah. So Silent Night. I had Night. high hopes. Well, and and that was I, I think I kept confusing that with um, Violent Night. Yes. Which is on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, with, with David Harbor that came out last year. And for people who are wondering who's David Harbor, he's the uh, he's Hopper from uh, Stranger Things. Yes. Correct. And uh, and uh, and that one blends mythology with extreme violence. Yes. I mean, like, the Heist kills film, in that movie are making, crazy. Making Santa John McClane, more or less. He's a reluctant hero. Yeah, and it's it's a heist movie. I actually covered it on my podcast, Scene Stealers. You okay. can listen to that episode now. Um, it is fun. It hits, a, it hits a bit of a wall where you're like, okay, this is not, you know, it, it, the times where Violent Night becomes the most fun is kind of where it becomes Home Alone again, where Santa is yeah. setting traps inside a house to get the bad guys. And the little girl is, because it starts with her saying, I just watched that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So, um, not bad. Not not a bad Christmas no. movie. Yeah, totally the, worth the it. The one that get the, the uh, ladder up to the attic, and, uh, <laughs> and the guy's like laughing because this girl has set up these booby traps, and, yeah. and then... It just gets yes. <laughs> there are some gnarly things that happen yeah. in Violent Night. That is for sure. Yeah, I, I would say uh, be very. I mean, I'm talking about some of these are extreme violence. Yes, and, and yeah, sorry, yeah, definitely. Not I don't know why. Kids. I don't know why I have that in my <laughs> system this year, but I, but I do. Yeah, but um, yeah. 
yeah, I mean, but but this is sort of the season to uh, you know watch your Christmas movies, but but get out and see a lot of the new movies that are in theaters. Uh, there's a lot to recommend. Are there any uh, theaters? See, I haven't been to the theater in uh, I don't know. <laughs> Quite a while. Uh, I don't even know what I saw. I feel like, yeah, I want. I want to see Oppenheimer. I saw Barbie streaming. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I need to see. I, I mean, as Oppenheimer, I guess that would be a big screen. Anything's a big screen movie. Uh, it is. I I watched it actually at home with my mom for okay. the, uh, for the second time. Uh, it plays just as magnificently the second time around as the first. It is uh, unequivocally right now my number one movie of the year. Oh. It is. Kind of breathtaking cinema, really. Uh, just great collaborative cast. You know, it's one of those movies where guys show up and you're like, oh, I know that guy. and Oh, I know that actor. Uh, names like uh, Robert Downey Jr., names sure. like David Krumholtz, names like Benny Safdie. It's just like one new actor after the next. And they're all great. Emily Blunt, they're all firing on all cylinders. It really, again, another long movie, another long movie, but it really is this amazing look at a man's life and the things that he created and the things that he did and the sort of trauma that it left him in after the fact, mm. you know. Um, Nolan is pretty magnificent. I do recommend seeing it in the theaters usually if it's still in theaters because the sound design, the score of this movie is pretty excellent. And I'm a huge Killian Murphy yes. fan. I, yeah. uh, and his, his uh, performance is like really hard to quantify. I mean, he, he really takes on the entire load of the film. There's rarely any scenes where he's not on the screen. And right. he he's definitely going to be in the running for a Best Actor oh, Oscar this no year. No doubt about yeah. it. And I do love the uh, the collaboration between him and Nolan. Yeah. Because Nolan, he had, he had auditioned for Best Batman right. for Dark Knight, and yeah. uh, but he used him for Scarecrow and yeah. then continued to make movies with him, which I absolutely love. Yeah, yeah. He was in Dunkirk with him, and, and yeah. now he's in this. God, that's another great movie. Yeah, that is a good movie. Um, but yeah, so I mean, there's, there is a lot of good movies to catch up on during the winter season. If you're going on winter break, you know, that is the time to do it. Uh, not enough kids' movies out there right now that I think would be oh yeah we great. Even, let's talk, let's let's try to get on that for a moment because let me take a break here and okay. uh, and we'll come back and talk and see if we can think of uh, some kids movies that are good for the holiday season too because I noticed that yeah uh, more after this on WCPT eight twenty Heartland Signal and KTNF nine fifty AM in Minneapolis St Paul we're hanging out with Leo Brady a movie guy go to movieguy.com and catch up on all his reviews more after this. Listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are hanging out with Leo Brady, a movie guy, and I'm actually heading out to uh, Los Angeles for a few more days. Uh, I have friends that live out there that are gracious enough to let me Lucky. crash on there. <laughs> it's it's really... Do you, are you, did I tell you about them before? Are you a fan of uh, the Jimmy Neutron cartoons? Yeah. So totally. Mark DiCarlo plays the dad. Yeah. He does the voice for the dad. Yenny Alvarez does like all the Spanish versions of pretty much everything anywhere. Awesome. Like all in the Lego movie, she sparkle sparkle. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. plays, she does that in Spanish anyway. Okay. So I'll be out there and uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of billboards for the movies that are about to come out. Yeah. Uh, but first let's wrap up with uh, some of the movies that are in theaters that we didn't have a chance to talk about. Unfortunately, I've heard the boat now two years in a row, Pixar has had basically two flops. Yeah. And, which is well, weird. Yeah. Wish is an original Disney, a Disney original. Disney. Anima- animation. Um, oh, and it's not a Pixar? It's not a Pixar. Oh. Um, it's it's sort of in line with Encanto and um, Frozen. It, okay. it fits in that sort of that realm of animated film. Ah, I see. Yeah, and, and the music is good. Ariana DeBose is the lead actress, uh, lead 
character's voice, and she, you know, she she belts out some great songs, but it really is not enough to drive the movie. Um, and you know, it also doesn't help that there are songs that are also not good as well. How about so, how, how's Chris Pine's singing? Yeah, he's good. He's good. I was I was I was hopeful because I like him a yeah, lot. Yeah, DeBose and him have a nice little duet song that they do together, which I was like, that's probably the best part of the movie. But after that, you know, it just morphs into just more sort of. Disney trying to use their properties to make more money. It, it really felt like they were trying to combine all of their Disney universes together to make this movie, which makes you think somehow they're going to loop that all back together and just make more money, make, make more movies sure. based off of that. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. No, so well. it's not not really hitting it for the kids. Um, Trolls Band Together is, you know, a sweet film. Not the best. Uh, same thing. Some of the songs are good. But, you know, it's your standard parents take your kids to the movie. There's right. a lot of bright colors. You'll enjoy, you know, enjoy it enough up on the screen. All right. So that's what's available in theaters for kids, at least. Uh, yeah. And then we didn't have a chance to talk about Napoleon. Yeah. Which I'm know, curious. Yeah. I tell a lot of people that I'm maybe the wrong guy to talk to about this because there's a lot of fr- uh Film critics who did not love this movie as much as I did. Um, I am a huge Ridley Scott fan. He is my favorite director. Aliens? Yes. Okay. Alien and, and um, Gladiator, all those oh, movies sure. that he's made. Oh, so he's been in love with uh, Joaquin Phoenix for a while. Yeah, correct. And this is the two of them reteaming to work together again. The sets are spectacular. The, the battle sequences are absolutely amazing. It's some of the best battle sequences I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, there's a battle of Austerlitz that they, that they have during one part, which is just breathtaking in terms of how he films it using horses and uh, the military men sort of charging, things of that nature. Uh, I I was such a big fan of it. It, It's also funny. Really? Yeah, and it kind of really hits to the man-childness of politicians and pompous leaders that probably shouldn't be in command in in the first place. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Napoleon. Yeah. And probably a good good chance for uh, for him to be nominated again as well. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I I think uh, that category is going to be pretty pretty filled up. Um, He might be nominated for a Golden Globe, but I'm not seeing it Hmm. for the Oscars. And then uh, The Hunger Games, which is the, uh, this was a huge hit. It's doing very well in theaters. Beating the crap out of the Marvels. Right. Yeah. And it's a prequel, you know, Uh, not exactly what I expected to see. Uh, I didn't think fans would go back to see another Hunger Games movie, uh, but it looks like they've they've got a winner on their hands there. You know, it's uh, got Rachel Zegler. Um, I, you know, I've read all the Hunger Games books, so um, I was surprised to see that uh, they were making a prequel in the first place. I'm surprised but, they haven't made a prequel for Twilight. Oh yeah, well, I mean, oh, that's, that's a while. That's probably a while ago. Yeah. Though. Unless unless they see the success of this and go, oh wait a minute, yeah, why don't we go back and do all these characters? Yeah, it's probably the next move. Honestly, oh, it's God. like things like that. Well, We're I think good. there was talk about recasting Twilight, remaking it. Recast- yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then. <laughs> uh, one movie that I do want to recommend is a movie called Dream Scenario with Nicolas Cage. He is... <laughs> He's quirky. He is, and, and this movie is quirky. It is a fascinating story. Uh, you can actually watch my interview with the director, Christopher Borgley, on a movieguy.com right now. Um, it is this movie about a professor who has tenure at his university uh, who basically talks about biology who all of a sudden, one day, 
played by Nicolas Cage, I might add, who one day he starts showing up in the dreams of everybody in the world. People start seeing Nicolas Cage looking. He's got this bald head and he's kind of frumpy looking and he starts showing up in people's dreams and he becomes an instant celebrity. So so it's this very fascinating film about sort of instant celebrity, cancel culture, things of that nature, how sometimes you can get attention that you might think you want, but you don't really need it. Yeah. And uh, it is a it is a very interesting film. Nicolas Cage is excellent in okay. this. He's doing his quirky thing. And uh, Nicolas Cage has been on a pretty awesome run of showing off his acting skills the last couple of years. He's a strange duck. Yes. He really is. Yeah, but he's always, honestly, I really am a fan of him because he's committed. I don't think you ever really see a, the, the same performance from Nick Cage at any time. We don't have too much time, but uh, we saw The Flash, and seeing him as Superman was very disorienting. <laughs> very jarring. <laughs> I was like, what is Very what, jarring. What is this? And, well, and he came out and talked about that and said it might have been AI that they used for that, right. and he was not happy. Well, I mean, that's off the air, we were talking a little bit about my concerns, and that's exactly what the problem is. So. Yeah. Uh, Leo Brady has been hanging out with us. You can go to a amovieguy.com. Some of the movies that he recommended, The Holdovers, May, December, which is on Netflix. Yep. Holdovers is in the theater. Uh, also, The Anatomy of the Fall. Yeah, that's the Palm Door winner, and uh, yeah, it's supposed to be a big hit. Excellent, and yeah. I, I, I don't, a Suitable Flesh is a different ca- uh, category. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 available on demand now, uh, but that is another horror, horror movie. movie. Yep. Yeah, I should delineate that for folks who are looking for the good family movies. <laughs> right. What, before we go, uh, just real quick, Saltburn, is this something you've seen? Yeah, I have seen it. Um, beautiful cinematography in this movie. It's directed by Emerald Fennell. Okay. Uh, she won the Oscar Oscar for um, uh, the movie with uh, Carrie Mulligan a couple years ago. Okay, um, it is a very well made, very well put together movie, but it's the kind of movie that doesn't have a gentle touch. Oh, I'll say a little heavy handed, little heavy handed, okay. and it. it doesn't really work all the way for the things that it's trying to do. It makes it makes a great effort. It looks beautiful. It's a beautiful film to look at, but it was not for me. All right. Yeah. Go go to a movieguide.com. Look forward to having thank you for your patience in uh, scheduling this because oh, I, thank you I, so much. I was all over the place. So it was always great to have you in studio. Yeah. Look forward to having you back because we want to see your top uh, films of the year yes. when you come back. Yeah. Uh, thank you everybody. Mike Crutes up next with Devil's Advocates. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much, Paul, and everybody here at WCPT. Good night, everybody.